time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt here with Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Muir's Chapel Road. You can find us online at roadmapfinancial.com. Glenn, great to be with you this week. How you been? Doing good, Walter. Hope you are. Yeah, looking forward to our conversation today. Should be a good one. A topic that, oh, I think it was uh, a good couple of months ago when we uh, first discussed this, Glenn, but it's kind of resurfacing in the news a little bit once again. It's the old SECURE Act, and uh, it, it kind of became law. The original SECURE Act became law at the beginning of 2020 and something that we talked about last year created some significant changes and differences in how people should plan for retirement. And then COVID happened and the world, you know, kind of went crazy for a little while, Glenn. And uh, <laughs> and now we're already experiencing conversations and talks of a SECURE Act 2.0 that, you know, it's possible could become law this year or next year, perhaps, probably with some more tweaks involved between now and then. But I wanted to talk to you about some of the proposed provisions and why they could be important for folks. Uh, Sound good to you? Let's do it, Walter. All right. So one of the tweaks and changes to the second version of the SECURE Act uh, would be that the required minimum distribution age, or RMDs as they're often called, could continue to get even higher than they already increase them. Right. Well, you know, as, as most people know, I mean, just a few years ago, the, the required minimum distribution age was 70 and a half, right, for, you know, for, you know, pulling money out of, you know, you had to start taking money out of your traditional IRAs, your 401ks, 403bs, those kinds of things. And then the SECURE Act moved that to age 72. And um, there was a couple of other changes we'll probably touch on here in a minute. But the what they're now talking about is the possibility of, you know, kind of gradually moving that up to um, age 75 of, of uh, required minimum distribution. And, you know, on the surface, you know, for, you know, for a lot of folks, it's like, you know, m- there's, there are quite a few people out there that don't really want to take, re- you know, those required minimum distributions. You know, they're doing fine without taking that, you know, taking those distributions out and they like to preserve those dollars. And a lot of times the, the, the idea behind that is preserving it to be able to pass it on to, you know, adult children and future generations and so forth. So the it's you have to kind of you have to kind of look. It's like okay, the, the it's kind of nice. Hey, I'm not going to have to take this distribution until later. But there's also there, there's always the yin and the yang, right, Walter? There's the one side and then there's the other side. So without going too far in the weeds, uh, one of the things that I wanted to touch on when we talk about this required distribution and how do we get the money out of these accounts that have yet to be taxed, right? We start. We start. Have to look at. Well. Well. Okay. If you were to have passed on an IRA onto you know somebody other than your spouse back before this the original Secure Act, then that beneficiary could end up. You know, they, they had. They basically had two choices, right? They could withdraw everything out of that out of that account within five years, and they would have you know been satisfactory in terms of the law. Or if they dotted some I's and crossed some T's. They could have done what's called a stretch IRA and stretched it out over their lifetime. And, you know, and if there's more money left, it could possibly go uh, another generation or two, depending upon how much money is there and how well the markets did and, and, and how well the, the, the accounts performed and, and that kind of thing. And what would then happen is, is that the you know, inheritor of that IRA 
again, if it wasn't the spouse, would whatever age they were, they would get a they would get a mortality table that was, you know, that would that would determine how much their required minimum distribution would be for their age. So in other words, if you were 40 or if you were 50, they would look at what your anticipated lifespan and then you'd have a required distribution for that for the rest of your life. And if there was money left over at the end of your life, then you could pass it on and, and so forth and so forth, right? Well, long story short is, is that by and large, what happened when the SECURE Act came into place, they said, okay, well, the five year, that five-year thing is no longer there, and that stretch um, is no longer there either. And what has to happen now is everything has to be out of the account within, within 10 years for the vast majority of people, Right. So it's like, hmm, well, that the, all of a sudden that kind of started stepping on the, the idea of why you were wanting to postpone the, the required minimum distributions in the first place. Right. Because a, a lot of folks were wanting to pass that money on. Well, one of the you know, one of the provisions here that's being talked about is, you know, the idea of moving that required distribution age up to age 75. But now kind of bringing back the idea of instead of having a 10 year window that, that has to have the account distributed out by moving that back to five years of, of distribution, but with no stretch provision. So in other words, if you, know, if you end up with having a large IRA at the end of your life and you pass it on and, and you end up, in the, and, and this ends up getting passed, then your heirs would only have five years to take that money out. And if it had not yet been taxed, then whatever is taken out is going to land on the top of the rest of their other income. And bottom line is, is that, you know, the, the likelihood would end up being, you know, relatively large tax events for, for, for a number of people. So, you know, be, be careful what you wish for in a, in a way, but, and you got to just understand all of the rules, not just, uh, you know, not, not just the ones that are hitting the headlines, so to speak. Makes a lot of sense, Glenn, and I think that's definitely one to watch to see if that continues to change. Again, it was a big change to go from the 70 and a half to 72, and now if they talk about 75 or somewhere in that neighborhood, once again, big implications there. So something we'll keep an eye on as the Secure Act 2.0 progresses a little bit. Something else that's been talked about in this new provision, Glenn, is that employers could auto-enroll you into a 401k which is uh, kind of a little bit of a change from how things are done now, right? Right. Well, yeah. And, and that's, again, I mean, it, it, the, the idea is they're, they're wanting to have people save for the retirement, right? So it's just kind of like, you know, just doing an auto, auto enroll. And so the idea is, is that, you know, that, that it just kind of automatically happens when, when folks are employed or at a certain point down the line, you know, it's like after they've been on, you know, on staff for a bit, then, then, they, then they automatically get enrolled into the, into the program. And so there is a provision to be able to opt out, but you have to be basically proactive to stop getting into the program instead of being proactive to get into the program, which, you know, again, it, it, it depends on, you know, how you look at it and who you are. But again, it's just knowing, knowing what potential rules are there and knowing what, what the offerings are at work and, you know, the pros and the cons, you know, and you, you know, you may want to do that. You may not want to do that. You know, again, a lot of it maybe depends upon are there matching provisions or they're not matching provisions and, you know, a, a variety of different other things. And also, you know, who you are, you know, what other savings do you have? Are you likely to have inheritances? You know, and, and overall, the thing that you have to think in terms of about a 401k is oftentimes, you know, in the back of your mind, you also have to think not only am I saving for retirement, but there's potential future tax ramifications if I put money away on a tax deferred basis or what I like to call tax postponed basis, right? Because, you know, if, if you're putting wages into an account prior to them being taxed, 
then at some point you're going to have to take those out and they're going to be subject to taxation. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is something that you need to be aware of and you want to make sure that you, you know, you proportion that properly so that you you're not paying too much in tax later on in life just by accident. You know, you want to you want to be, you know, aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. All important points as we talk about Secure Act 2.0, the things to know about uh, these proposals, some of the changes that may happen in your, uh, you know, could impact you financially. And uh, the auto-enroll in a 401k, not necessarily a bad thing. It's kind of an interesting little uh, change-up that they would do there. Now, something else in this proposal that would change would be catch-up contributions. Now, they could increase based on some of the things that have been talked about in this uh, in this proposal. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, there are there are catch up provisions that are already in place now if you're 50 or older for, you know, for 401ks and IRAs and so forth. But they're talking about possibly enhancing that even more for folks, you know, who are you know, between age 62 and 64, which, you know, the, the idea here is, is that, you know, the, the government is, you know, I mean, they, they see the demographics and they, and they also they're able to see, you know, what people have saved for retirement. And they're concerned that they, they don't want folks to end up, you know, old, you know, later on in life with, you know, having, you know, having greater needs. And, and, and so they want to have, pe- have people have more money in those accounts. And so that's very possible that, that they create additional, you know, uh, catch up provisions, which would be very interesting, you know, for some folks, because, uh, you know, I mean, when you, you know, when I'm meeting with folks who are in their, you know, their late 50s, early 60s, oftentimes, you know, they, I mean, they think about it. I mean, that's, those are, those are typically for most people, those are your peak earning years if you're still working, right? And so, you know, if you're making more money than your lifestyle is, then you're looking for how do I, how can I, how can I put this money away for the future? And so that those might be some interesting provisions. So it's, just, it's one of those things where we want to stay tuned. Stay tuned, kind of the name of the game for some of these things, Glenn, and uh, maybe on this next one as well. We've all heard the conversations about student loans and the amount of debt that is burdening many Americans uh, of all different ages from student loans. And uh, one interesting proposal in the Secure Act 2.0 is to allow for matching funds on student loan payoffs. Can you uh, explain that to us and give us some perspective there? Yeah, I mean that that's a very interesting proposal, you know, and I think that you know that that all, <laughs> that a lot of folks who who you know, are younger coming out of school, you know, with 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 a lot of student loan debt, you know, that's that's welcome news, right? Possibly depending upon how the you know if if this is you know if this actually passes and how the provisions are actually written, it would also be interesting as well to see if that would extend to like you know if parents you know did loans you know did you know for their for their kids right you know and and they were and you know depends upon you know who the who the lender is and you know and all that as you know anybody who's dealing with who has dealt with student loans knows that there's a there's a lot of if ands and buts about it but the the idea here is is creating a provision where you know uh, employees could potentially have matching funds you know to offset you know paying off student loans i mean that that would be that would be a really powerful thing because you know student loans weigh folks down it, it weigh the way you know young adults down with you know with with the, it's almost like you know, for some folks it's almost like having an, a mortgage you know, on your education, right? And then if you if you have another mortgage on your house, and you, it's just like you know, you feel like, gosh, am I ever going to get out from under this, right? And you know, and and you know, kind of a similar thing with you know, for you know, for parents sometimes. So it's like you know, if you're if you've helped your if you've helped your child, you know, through college, and you've taken on loans. You know, you know, it's, again, kind of stay tuned and see I mean, if this if this ends up passing, there might be some interesting possibilities 
you know, in, in terms of being able to get get some assistance, you know, to, you know, be, you know, be able to basically direct where the the matching funds go you know you may it might be a proposal that or you know who knows it may become law but you know we'll have to wait and see but it might be a scenario where you might be able to say okay i want my matching funds to go this way towards paying off student loans or that way into the retirement account which would be which would be kind of a nice thing to to see happen and it's from the employer standpoint you know it's a it's an expense anyway that 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 they you know that the money that they, they don't really there's not really a, a driving force for them as to where the money goes because it's for them if if they're if they're going to have matching money it's it's money that's that's going to leave the the company and go towards the benefit of the employee and if the employee can you know have a little bit more control over where that goes that, like i say that that could get pretty interesting. All of uh, these proposals, I think, are interesting and something to be thinking about. And uh, the student loan payoffs, yeah, that's uh, most of these things strike me as, as positive changes, things that can be helpful to people. That's nice to see. Uh, Secure yeah. Act 2.0, one more point here, Glenn, to go over is that, you know, you could find old 401ks more easily under this proposal. Now, who's losing 401ks out there? Why is that a, a big change? Well, I mean, I've seen this in my in my own practice, Walter. You know, I mean, I'll have folks come in, you know, and and uh, initial meetings and whatnot, and and we'll sit down and we'll and you know and we'll you know we'll talk about you know where they are and what their what their plans are and so forth. And then if we dig deeper, you know, you know, as I say, hey, Glenn, let's let's I want I got a couple questions about some of my accounts. Sometimes it comes up that you know that they've got a they've got an old four hundred one k at a job that they left. But, you know, and they never they never, you know, rolled it over into an IRA or they never transferred it over to, you know, to their current employer's plan. And, you know, sometimes those, the, you know, those businesses that they used to work for ended up, you know, either going out of business or they maybe, you know, merged with some other business or, you know, they, they were bought out and or, you know, possibly, you know, the, the custodian was different, i.e., you know, it's like, you know, you have, you, you know, you get your statements from one brokerage house and then, and then they, and they transfer who's holding the funds within the 401k to another brokerage house or another custodian. And, you know, and, and, you know, you, the, you, sometimes the, you know, the, the, the notification of that gets lost in the mail or you've moved or whatever the case may be. And there, there, sometimes it's, 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 it's harder to, to be able to track things down. Now, if you're really diligent about it, you normally can find it, but sometimes it's not as easy as you might think. And so, the, you know, the, these, these proposed provisions would basically kind of create a, almost like a, you know, a national database, you know, that makes it, that makes it easier to locate those accounts, which would be kind of a nice thing where, you know, I mean, ultimately most people are able to track it down, but, you know, you don't want it to be a hassle. I mean, it's money that you put away for your retirement. It should be relatively easy to, you know, to find that. It should be a benefit rather than, oh gosh, now I've got it almost like a, like a part-time job trying to figure this out for the next few months, you know? And that's really the, the idea is just say, hey, you've got this, this money out there. Here's how you go about finding it. And, you know, uh, you know, that, that certainly is a, is a, would be a positive uh, thing for, you you know, for folks that, that have, you know, have, you know, some of those accounts that are out there that they kind of, you know, have, have kind of forgotten about, so to speak. There you have it. Some of the proposed changes to the SECURE Act as uh, it gets talked about in Congress uh, and through various committees and whatnot over the next couple of months, perhaps. We'll see what eventually happens with SECURE Act 2.0, the second version of that SECURE Act that became law in 2020. Some interesting tweaks and changes perhaps on the horizon, and there's the breakdown for you. If you have questions for Glenn about the SECURE Act or about other financial matters as it relates to your retirement and financial future, feel free to reach out 
and get in touch. You can do so very easily by calling 336-291-3535, 336-291-3535, or go online to roadmapfinancial.com. That is roadmapfinancial.com for more information online and look for the free consultation button at the bottom of the page. Glenn, thanks for the help, and uh, we'll look forward to another episode with you next week. Fantastic, Walter. Take care now. We'll see everybody next week for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Stay tuned for more great content on the way next week. 